Over the past few years, I have asked you guys to give me a rating and review. And if you've done that, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. It's so helpful. But if you haven't, I get it. I kind of get it. Like, I'm asking you to go and click on this thing and then like, how do I do it? And then I have to come up with some kind of a review and I don't know what to say and I'll do it later, right? I, I get it. I've, I've kind of been there before. I, I know exactly how you feel. And so I'm not asking you to do that now, okay? What I'm asking you to do now is so easy. Anybody can do it and it literally takes like one second. Go into whatever you're listening to, whether it's Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on, they all have it, and just click on the subscribe button. Just subscribe. It takes one second. You don't have to be creative. You don't have to come up with a review and write it all out and you know be self-conscious about it. Just hit that subscribe button. That would be so, so, so impactful for me. And if you're enjoying this and getting a lot out of it, that would mean the world to me. It really would. And it's so easy. Anyone can do it. Like, let's literally stop listening right now. Stop listening. Go and do it. That's how much it means to me. Nobody ever asks you to leave their show and stop listening for anything. But I'm asking you to stop listening right now. Go and just quickly subscribe. Come right back and take a listen. That would mean the world to me. I would really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. And I really appreciate it. Thanks. It's a good question, and I think this is something that new investors underestimate or undervalue or however you want to phrase it. They don't think about it enough. The way that you get reminders and the way that the process when you receive a lead, and by receive a lead, it could be an email, it could be a phone call, it could be a form fill on your website. These are all ways to get leads. What you need to do is put them in a CRM. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I'm happy that you're here. If you're happy to be here and you love listening to the show, please follow it. Go to Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this and just hit follow or subscribe or whatever the wording they use on that platform. Do it. Do it now. Do it right now. This is a subliminal message. Please go and subscribe to my podcast. All right. Enough of that. Guys, I have a fun one for you today. This is another live Q&A replay. We had some great conversations, some great questions. Uh, we talked about finding a profitable rental property today in this market, evaluating a property um, and what that means to try to find something profitable. And so that was a whole question and discussion thing. Uh, working on a, a wholesale deal with an agent uh, and not representing you, but when the agent is representing the seller and the agent has concerns and questions about assigning a contract and what is wholesaling and they start questioning all that, what's the deal? How do you deal with that? Uh, also, we talked about what happens when you get a lead? How do you keep track of it? How do you keep track of the follow-up? How often do you follow up? And what does that whole process look like? We broke that down. Uh, and then we talked a little bit about high crime, low income investing. And so you don't want to miss that, guys. I know a lot of people wonder about that. Should I be investing in high crime, low income? And uh, I give you my opinions there. Also, we talked about in this episode... Um, uh, this course that I created, and I've been talking about it, and if you haven't taken advantage of it, what is wrong with you? Why would you not want to know how to set up your direct mail profitably, how to set it up so you get reliable, consistent, profitable results? 
And you can do that by downloading the free video course that I created just for you. It's You can get it if you go to mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. That's mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. I want to teach you how to win the direct mail game, but you have to go there and grab it. Get your free video course and let me know what you think. I'd love to know. If you think it needs something else, tell me. If you think it was everything you hoped it would be, I'd love to hear that too. All right, guys, without any further ado, I give you my latest Q&A replay. All right. We are live. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, if you're joining me uh, from Facebook or YouTube or uh, Twitter or Instagram, wherever you are, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. We are here every Wednesday at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific uh, to help you with your real estate questions and to get them answered for you. Uh, my name is Mike Simmons. If you don't know who I am, if you're just kind of logging in for the first time or hearing this for the first time, I'm a real estate investor in Michigan. I've been investing in real estate since 2008 when everything kind of crashed and it was really, really bad for a lot of people in real estate, lost money and all that. I was just getting into it and I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. And uh, for me, it was easy to pick up houses. It was very easy to get houses and find great deals back then. And we were kind of in the opposite market that we're in right now. Back then, it was a buyer's market, right? Sellers were just like, dumping their houses and trying to get out from underneath them and their prices were dropping every day. We're in the opposite. We're in a seller's market right now where sellers are kind of holding on and getting as much as they can for their properties. And it makes it a little more challenging to buy in this market, but way easier to sell. And back in 2008, when I started, it was easy to buy, harder to sell. and uh, But that's where I cut my teeth. That's where I learned to do this business. And over the last uh, almost, well, about 14 years now, um, I've seen a lot and I was able to, it took me a handful of years to really get my feet under me. I, I really struggled because I wasn't asking for help. And once I did ask for help, once mm -hmm. I found a mentor, started working with a coach, got into a mastermind, surrounded myself with the right people who could answer my questions. I literally did more the first year that I had a mentor and a coach than I did the entire four or five years prior to that. So getting a mentor and a coach, finding your community, finding someone that you believe knows what it takes to get to the next level can make all the difference. And that's really what I'm trying to do here for you right now, tonight, every Wednesday, I'm trying to do that for you. I'm trying to be that mentor, be that coach, give you somewhere to go to get answers. I know where to go to get answers in 2008, nowhere. I mean, I may have had somewhere to go. I just didn't know about it. And I wasn't willing to do what it took to find the mentorship, to find the coaching, to find the environment that I needed to be successful. But I'll tell you, once I did, everything changed. I mean, I want to say overnight, but it wasn't overnight. It took a year. But in that year, like I said, I got 10 times farther than I did the entire four or five years prior to that. And so I know the power of asking questions. I know the power of getting answers uh, to your questions. And, and it can mean everything. And so that's why I think it's so important for you guys to log in on Wednesdays and get answers to your questions, because that's what I'm here for. Um, to that end, I have recently <clears throat> created a really, really, really powerful course on direct mail marketing. I created a course that allows you to Get it for free, by the way. It's a free course. You can get that course, download it, watch it. It tells you and shows you. I, I, I walk through 
how to set up a direct mail campaign step by step, what the card needs to look like. I even give you my card, right? And it's here on the screen if you're watching live or if you're watching this in a replay. You just go to mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. That's mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. And I walk you through my entire process for direct mail. The card that I use, why I use that card, right? It's important to know why I use that card. I'm not just giving you a card and saying, here, trust me, this will work and never change. I know that you're going to want to test it against other messages and other creatives. That's totally fine. You should do that. But it shows you how the card that I use, why I use it, how I get it printed, how I get it mailed. And then even as a bonus, it, it I go over what you have to do once the phone starts ringing, once you start getting leads from that direct mail, what do you do next? That's hugely important because, listen, it's one thing to get your direct mail out and to start getting leads coming in. But if you're not nurturing those leads, if you're not treating them seriously and really like that is something you're paying for, that's a that's a little package that you're getting in the mail that you have to open and you have to deal with it right then and there. I hear too many investors tell me, oh, I'm getting leads, but you know, I work full time and I haven't had a chance to get back to them. And I have all these leads and all these messages on my phone and, and whatever, however they're capturing them. And they're not calling them back. They're not answering live, whatever the case may be. I give you the process and I tell you exactly what you need to do when those leads start coming in so that you can monetize them, get paid, build your business and escape your nine to five if that's what you want to do. But if it's not what you want to do, at least start building that secondary income that you want to have, right? If you want to stay with your job, I'm assuming you do real estate because you want a secondary income, you want some sort of a savings, you want something you can do to build that wealth and getting leads is number one. I, I say all the time that leads are oxygen for your business. If your business isn't getting leads, it's like your body not breathing. And if your body stops breathing for too long, you die. And if your business stops getting leads for too long, it dies. And so direct mail is how I've gotten the vast majority of my leads over the last six, seven years. And there's a definite process to it. I've spent over a million dollars on direct mail. I've learned a couple things. Believe me, I've learned things that work. I've also learned what doesn't work. And so both of those lessons are important. And rather than you spend a million dollars, just take my advice, take my experience, take my lessons learned, take all the hindsight of all the things that I know that I've done that worked and didn't work and use my hindsight as your foresight so that you don't have to waste money or even spend that much money to figure out what works for you. I want to just give it to you on a silver platter, but you have to do a little bit of work. And that work is just go to my website and and get it. It's, it's there. You just have to type it in and go, right? So mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. It's a free course, guys. I can't do any more to help. You've, you know, you've got to, you've got to take the water and drink. I'm, I've led you to it. You just have to take it and drink. So go and do that. Okay. Uh, let's get started on today's questions. We get those through email. We get them through DMs. We get them all kinds of ways and we bring them here for you guys so everyone can learn at the same time. All right. First question. I am ready to purchase my first rental property. I'm having difficulty finding a property that would be profitable. Every property I analyze in a pro forma comes out looking like a bad deal. Is this typical or am I doing something wrong? Well, no, it's not typical to have every deal that you consider to look like a bad deal necessarily. Now, in this market that we're in, there's a lot of factors, right? It can be the way you're calculating your profits or how you're looking at it. It could be your market 
could be a combination of both, but there are deals out there. Like the biggest misconception or the biggest garbage excuse that I hear ever is there are no deals. Like try again, because I'm getting deals. And if you don't believe me, I can, I can point to a couple of hundred businesses that I know very well that are in my mastermind that are getting deals every day, right? The people in the seven-figure flipping uh, community, there's hundreds of businesses in there and they're getting deals all the time. There's people that are doing 100, 200, 300 deals a year. I, there are deals out there and, and it's not even necessarily your market. However, uh, you can get a market, or you can get a deal in any market. But I'll concede there are markets that are a little bit more challenging. There's markets that are a little bit more um, competitive. And so those are a little tougher sometimes. I, I grant you that. But you have to look at these things through the lens of 2022. Because the deals that I was getting in 2014 and 2015 when I started buying rentals, they're not out there right now. Because the houses that I, were buy that I was buying then are half the price of what they are now and sometimes less than half the price. And so it's a little more challenging and the deals are sometimes a little bit thinner, but they're still out there. And for rentals, the idea for most people is long-term passive income. And so if you buy it today and the margins are a little on the thin side, but you say to me, I'm gonna keep this for 30 years, like I'm not selling it ever, like I'm gonna die with these rentals, then, I say go for it. Like it's okay because the houses will appreciate. They, they may kind of go up and down in the short term. So maybe in 18 months, if you buy a house today, maybe in 18 months, it's not worth what you paid today. But in 36 months, in 48 months, in 72 months, in 96 months, it's going to be worth more. Okay. And so it's weird that I just did that in months. We're not talking about babies here, but in eight, nine, 10 years from now, these houses are going to be worth more than they are today. Okay, so don't get overly freaked out about today. That being said, I started in 2008, like I said, right? In 2008, equity kind of went away because house prices were dropping dramatically. And so I'm not the kind of person that would suggest that you buy properties speculatively or buy it as a money loser because it will be a money maker down the road. I'm not into that. Um, I think that your rentals should be cash flow positive day one, no matter when you buy them. They should be cash flow positive day one. They just might not cash flow like it would have if you bought it five years ago. And it may not cash flowing like it will in five years from now. And so you are where you are, okay? The problem is, and, and some of the thinking is sometimes, is the market's tough and this person I'm finding, uh, it's a difficulty finding property that would be profitable. And they say, well, I'm just gonna wait. And the people who have the mentality of I'm gonna wait are usually the people who never do it. And so don't be that person, you're in it, there's a stream, it's a raging river, always. Real estate market's a raging river. You have to jump in where you are and then adjust as you go but it needs to be profitable from day one. And if you're in a market that's highly competitive, so you're not able to get a property at a price that makes sense to you, or the house prices in general in your market are just really, really high, uh, Southern California. If I was in Southern California, if I'm in San Diego, I'm not buying rentals in San Diego. I don't care how experienced I am. I don't care how great I am at finding deals. And that doesn't mean you can't do it, okay? Everything is doable, but 
just because it's doable, it doesn't mean it should be done. I'm not buying houses in Southern California, San Diego, for example. I'm not buying houses there to rent. It just doesn't make sense. There's an entire country to the east of me that has way better opportunities for rentals. The entire Midwest, most of the South, a lot of the East, like it's all better for rentals. So if I'm in San Diego, for example, I might buy rentals in Illinois or in Michigan where I am or in Ohio or, you know, whatever, Kentucky, like there's a lot of other places where you could buy rentals to cash flow and have really strong cash flow. And by the way, they will cash flow better in the future as well. You'll be you'll be paying down a much, 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 much lower uh, mortgage or loan, whatever it is that you're using to, to find these things and to buy them. You're going to be paying that down. And so there's companies like uh, Roofstock. Roofstock is a company, it's a community, it's a marketplace where you can go and find rental properties that are already renovated, they're already tenanted, and they're cash flowing. You buy them and day one, you're cash flow positive. So that's what I would do uh, if I were somewhere where I just couldn't find a property, uh, a property that's profitable or that's cash flowing properly. So you may have to leave your market sometimes, um, sometimes it's a matter of you're just, you're running your numbers way too conservatively. You're making assumptions and, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Everybody who makes assumptions when they're analyzing properties, you have to, right? Um, and the assumption is that it'll be, it'll have a tenant in it at least 11 months out of the year, every year. And your assumption is that the cost of maintenance won't be more than 10% of your rents that you're getting each month, right? There's certain things that you have to make assumptions so you can you can base your those assumptions. That's how you come up with your evaluations. But your assumptions might be too conservative. Maybe you're just pricing yourself right out of everything and nothing will work for you because you're being overly conservative. So make sure that your numbers make sense. Like I said, for vacancies, you know, some people say one month out of the year, you should assume you'll have a vacancy. Some people say one month every other, every other year. Some of it depends on how good of a job you're doing screening up front. You may have two or three months vacancy every year if you're not doing a good job uh, screening your tenants up front. You may go five years without having to find a new tenant. And so, you know, the calculations are a little bit subjective on some of these things. Maintenance, 10% is usually pretty good. You know, unless you buy a house that's a junker and you just throw somebody into it without doing anything, then you're going to have more maintenance. It's going to be a bigger deal, you know, so you might have to save more. But if you put a lot of money into it up front and you take care of all the major things and you make that house what they call bulletproof, meaning you literally do everything to it that you could possibly do to make sure it's up to snuff, then you may not have really any maintenance hardly for the first handful of years. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that, but you got to make sure your calculations are not overly conservative. Make sure you're not in a market that's kind of not a rental market. Like, again, not to beat up on San Diego, but San Diego is not a place that I would consider a rental market. I know people who live in San Diego, good friends of mine who are buying rentals, like a lot of them. They're not buying any of them in San Diego and they live in San Diego. They flip houses in San Diego but they don't do rentals in San Diego. So you just have to look at your market. Maybe you're not in a great market for rentals. So that, that's what I would say, those, those things I would consider. Okay, uh, let's go on to the, the next question, please. Next question. I am working on a wholesale deal with an agent, with an agent and asked for the contract to be assignable. But they said, in order to do that, I have to give them the names of the potential assigns. What should I do? Well, don't work with that agent, number one. But 
I'm assuming that you're trying to buy a house on the MLS and assign it. And that's just not a thing that you can normally do. It's just, it's, again, everything can be done, but not everything that can be done should be done. And I say buying houses on the MLS to wholesale, like you never take possession and you assign the contract like a wholesale, I don't think is a good idea. I, I wouldn't even try. Most realtors will not do it. The mortgage company that has the underlying loan will likely not do it. Um, the title company is not going to want to do like nobody's going to want to do that. You're going to find it difficult to impossible to get uh, to buy houses and wholesale them or not buy them, but to wholesale them, assign them off of the MLS. So in that case, I would not uh, try to do it. Now, if you're telling me you're trying to buy it from a homeowner, who maybe hasn't listed it yet, but they have a realtor who's a friend. And I'm I'm really making up a real scenario here that I don't know if it's true. But if that's the case and it's not on the MLS, and let's just say there is no mortgage and it's it's owned free and clear, but they have a family friend who's a realtor and he says, no, you can't do it without um, giving me the name of the assignees. I wouldn't work with that realtor. I just wouldn't buy the house. I wouldn't even try. But the other side of that is, I wouldn't necessarily tell the realtor I was going to sign it. You don't have to. You can assign a contract without the permission of a realtor. Contracts are assigned all the time. And you don't have to get the permission of any realtor to do it. But if you've already told them that you're a wholesaler and you're going to assign it, yeah, they're going to want more than what they're entitled legally to have or to get from you. So I wouldn't work with that realtor. I probably would pass on that house. But if there's a realtor working in the mix, more than likely it's an MLS house and it's just next to impossible to buy houses or to assign houses that are listed on the MLS as a wholesaler. It just doesn't work. So I wouldn't do it. That's not a good place to do it. Now you can buy it and then turn around and like double close, right? Which means buy it for cash or a loan or whatever, like get the money to buy it. And in the same day, sell it to your buyer, right? It's called a double closing. Um, some people call it a wholesale, but you're not doing anything to it. Like literally you're, you're closing at one o'clock with your money, you're closing. And at one thirty or two o'clock, you're selling it to a buyer that you already had lined up that they know they're buying it from you. So you could do that, but that's not, that's not a true assignment. And so a true assignment uh, next to impossible to do off the MLS. If you do it and you think I'm wrong, please send me an email at Mike at juststartrealestate.com and tell me how you're doing. I'd like to know. I'll share it with people if you want me to. Or if you just want to tell me I'm clueless, you can do that too. But um, uh, I'm not new to this. I'm telling you buying or, or wholesaling and assigning off the MLS uh, next to impossible and probably not worth the effort. So I wouldn't bother. Okay. If you're listening to this on a podcast, I'm taking a drink in between questions. So hopefully that's not too frustrating. Okay. Uh, next question. What is your process upon receiving a lead for a potential deal for follow-up? How do you get reminders and how often? It's a good question. And I think this is something that new investors underestimate or undervalue or however you want to phrase it. They don't think about it enough. The way that you get reminders and the way that the process when you receive a lead and by receive a lead, it could be an email. It could be a phone call. It could be a form fill on your website. These are all ways to get leads. What you need to do is put them in a CRM. Now, day one, new investor, day one, you don't know much and you're you're struggling to kind of get going and you got you work a full-time job and you have kids and a wife or a husband or whatever it is. 
I don't think, and if you're not real techie or real good at software, you don't have to learn a CRM before you get started in real estate. You can use a spreadsheet or or even some sort of a database program um, to do it in the short term. A, a spreadsheet's not necessarily going to give you reminders, but you can at least catalog and keep track of all of your um, all of your leads. You could put a follow up date in one of the cells and then sort your Excel sheet every day to look for the date of the day that you're in and call those people. That would be the quick and easy way to do it. And that's sometimes what I suggest new investors do because new investors sometimes get all up in their head about software that they need and they they overcomplicate what is a very um, simple, simple business. But if you're kind of driving leads and, and you've been doing this a while and you're, you're kind of getting lost in all your leads and you don't know how to remember everything, then you need to start using a CRM. And there's a lot of them out there. Uh, one of some of the more common ones are Podio, uh, P-O-D-I-O.com. You can go to Podio. It's free or maybe it's a little bit of cost now, but it's super, super cheap, very intuitive, very easy to use. Tons of investors use Podio as their CRM. You can go to YouTube and type in CRM, or you can I would type in Podio for real estate investors, and get you can get tons and tons and tons of uh, of video to show you how to set it up. Um, there's InvestorFuse that people use. If you go to InvestorFuse.com, um, that's another uh, one that you can use. Um, we use in my company something called RE Simply. Uh, RE Simply is a really great software. We use it. Um, you can keep track of everything. It's great. It doesn't really matter what software you use for your CRM. It really doesn't because I've I've used about a half a dozen of them in my business, and I've talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of investors over the years who've used all of those and more. And no one has ever come to me ever. And I've had a lot of conversations about CRM with people. No one's ever said, hey, Mike, I found the perfect one. Well, let me take that back. I've had people tell me they found the perfect one. But six months or a year later, when I ask them again, they're not using it anymore because it wasn't perfect. It was far from perfect. And so what my conclusion is after all of that uh, time and all the people I've talked to is there is no perfect CRM. They all have shortcomings somewhere within their software. And so you need to find the one that you will use, right? They always say the old cliche is the best CRM is the one that you'll use. If you actually put your leads into it and you use the software to the extent that it is able to be used, right? You use the functionality of it. You actually take the time to input leads and, and do all the things you're supposed to do. Most any CRM will work. Um, and sometimes you find one that works better for you and the things that it doesn't do well, you don't really care because the things you care about the most, it does really, really well. For somebody else, the things that it doesn't do might be a deal breaker and they don't want to use that software. It's fine. It's very subjective and it's very individual. But use, pick a software and use it. That's that's the number one thing. If you tell me I'll never use a CRM, I'll never put the stuff in, I'm good at spreadsheets and that's what I like to use. As much as it pains me, I'll say, use a spreadsheet because it's better than nothing. You have to use something. Spreadsheets are sometimes how you get started. It's totally fine. Some people then move up to a CRM once they start getting more leads and more traction. It's 
exactly what you should do. Or you can start with, with a software. If you're really good at software and you're really comfortable and you're a fast learner and you use software all the time and you're very, very comfortable with that technology, then use a, start, a software from day one. That's easy. There's no transition then. But if you're someone who's real resistant to technology and software and computers, Maybe start with a spreadsheet, just do something simple so that you'll actually have somewhere to put your information and all your notes. That's the most important thing is that you use something. OK, um, but but a CRM is is how you keep track of leads. And as far as how often do you get reminders? Again, it's totally up to you. We usually put our leads in like a hot, warm, cold bucket, like a hot lead is someone who calls me or, or sends me an email or fills out a form and says, I want to sell my house immediately. I've got to sell. Please call me now. I want to sell to you. Please, 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 please. Right. That's a hot lead. Someone who calls you and is like, hey, I got your card. I'm just kind of wondering what your services look like. Like, tell me more. I think I want to sell my house. I'm kind of figuring out what I'm going to do next. Like, tell me more. Come out and talk to me. That's that's more of a warm lead. Maybe they're not super on fire to sell, but they're kind of thinking about it maybe. And a cold lead is someone who says, hey, I got your card. I'm not in the market to sell. You know, maybe I will be in a couple of years. Like, that's a cold lead. You want to you wanna follow up with that person way less. The hot lead, you might follow up with them every single day at least for a couple of weeks or a month before you put them into like a warm status. Because if you follow up for a month and they still won't let you come out for an appointment, they still don't want to sign a contract, it's not as hot as you thought. It's more warm. So I would put them in the warm status. And someone who goes right into the warm status, maybe you follow up once a week or a couple times a week for a month. And then it goes to like once a month, kind of a, uh, a follow up. And, you know, it kind of start a lot of them starting hot and then go to warm and then cold once we don't get what the desired result, which is a, a contract. Right. So that's how we do that. Just use a CRM. That's that's the, the main thing. OK, next question, please. OK, and I think this maybe is the last one. Unless somebody has a question live, then we can answer that, too. OK. Next question. I have heard investing in low, uh, low income, high crime areas can be a nightmare, but what are the specific drawbacks? I would love to make this work for urban community improvement. Okay. Before I read the last part of that question, I had more of a funny response, but this person's serious. They really want to help the community. It's good. I was going to say the specific drawbacks of low income, high crime would be that you're going to get shot and killed. So that's one of the drawbacks, right? Um, but I get it. You want to, you want to, um, you want to improve the communities. Um, you want to go into those places and make really, really bad communities and bad neighborhoods better. That's awesome. The specific drawbacks are, again, it's the violence, right? Not to make a joke out of it, but it's the violence. Uh, I know a lot of investors say, if I'm not comfortable going there at night, I don't want to, I don't want to flip a house there. I don't want to do improvements to a house where I don't even feel comfortable that I'm going to be safe when I go there. So safety is an issue. Uh, if you are going to try to rent it, like you're going to fix it up and then create rentals that are nice and good, you know, in the neighborhoods, like a good look, they look nice and they kind of improve things. One of the drawbacks is not finding or not being able to find consistent renters because nobody wants to move to an unsafe neighborhood, right? So, or if they do want to move to an unsafe neighborhood, then what are they going to do to the house? And so maybe you have a lot more struggles with damage to your house. Um, you're going to struggle more with finding renters that stay uh, and and keep the house nice and clean and, and kept up. Like that's, that's the big drawback. But a lot of um, communities have what they call opportunity zones. And I'm not an opportunity zone specialist, but Google opportunity zones. 
it's essentially government incentives to help you go in there and they 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 help with loans and, and there's incentives, financial incentives and tax incentives for you to go and clean up and do work and try to improve neighborhoods by uh, buying houses and renovating, buying houses and renting. So uh, look up opportunity zones. That's something really, really important. And there are a lot of government programs that that are designed to help um, not only homeowners, but us as investors go into those communities and improve them. And they help us financially. They give There's programs out there to give loans, no cost loans, no down payment loans. And I, I just, uh, if you go to juststartrealestate.com, I don't know the exact episode, but it was recent, maybe hasn't even gone live yet, where I spoke to someone who got specific loans and they were, no, this person started uh, flipping houses and buying rentals with zero money out of pocket, buying like hundreds of thousand dollar houses with zero money out of pocket. So uh, go to Just Start Real Estate, you can find that. I don't, again, I don't know the exact episode, but it'll be in the in the description, it'll be pretty obvious. So um, there's government incentives to do that. It's hard, I, I don't buy in those areas, right? I, sometimes I'll buy houses to wholesale in those areas, but I don't buy them to hold and I don't buy them to flip personally. But there are investors that are dialed into that. They're dialed into those communities. They understand the risk. They know the streets. And they also know what the government offers to make things a little bit easier for them. And they do want to buy in those communities. So you just have to go in and do your research. There's a lot of drawbacks, but there's a lot of benefits, right? And one of them is you do the right thing. You help communities. You make places that are really, really bad much, much better. And that's a that's a good thing, right? So all kidding aside, I, I think it's awesome if you want to do that. Just be eyes wide open that there are drawbacks and there are safety concerns. So be really, really safe, be smart, be logical, but don't be afraid. If it's what you want to do, then you should do it. You should go into those communities and, and try to improve them. I think that's an awesome thing. All right, guys, that's about 30 minutes. We are done for this week. For everyone who joined on Instagram, thank you for that. I appreciate you. I'm looking at you now. For everyone else who joined me, all the other platforms, thank you. It was great to have you here. Again, I talked about it at the top of the show. Go to my website, mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. I have a free surprise for you there. And it's all about direct mail, how to do it right, and how to set yours up for success. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I cannot wait to see you next week. I'll be here again at 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Until then, we'll see you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. Remember, I do these Q&As live on Facebook on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. I hope you enjoyed this. Tune in next week for another installment of live Q&As answering your questions. Okay. Until next time.